Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 85. 85. And today is, depending on where you are on the, this planet of ours, today is Monday slash Sunday evening. Monday morning slash Sunday evening, Ben. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've very much confused me because it isn't that time for me. <laughs> no, but uh, but you know, at release time, it is kind of that time. So this coming week is WWDC, and you and I are both presently, not presently, kind of will be presently in San Francisco where this where this episode is released. Yeah. So if you see me or Jelly wandering in the streets. Looking for food. Um, come Buy us some food. Yeah. Come uh, say or just hi. say hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And given that this is uh, this episode is kind of prior somewhat to Dub Dub, it d- doesn't even matter what part of the world you're in because time zones aren't that magical. Given this episode comes out prior to, to the start of Dub uh, Dub, we're going to just talk a little bit about something that we can, uh, we can definitely expect, that we know that we can expect, that has already been talked about well in previous years even we've done this exact episode after dub dub but yep. this year after the changes at last year's dub dub we can do it beforehand and leave more room for whatever other new and exciting stuff is announced at dub dub yep so today jelly i thought we would dive into swift 3 and what's what's swift coming three it's supposed to be a really big release like it seems like it's quite huge um even in res- even in respect to like Swift 2 last year? Like, I feel like it's bigger than Swift 2 was. Yeah, it's definitely a big release. So, like, it has very visible, you know, I guess, developer-facing features. So, kind of like when we went from 1.2 to 2, pretty much your entire syntax is wrong again. So, like, 2, two to 2.1 and 2.2 was, like, really minor source code changes. Like, you had to go in and change this and yep. play around with that. But, yeah, 3 is going to be another one of going in and, like, rethinking a lot of things. Yeah, and and there is a lot of things, although there's not that we've lost some of the things that we thought we were going to gain kind of early on. And this is kind of part of the benefit, I guess, of having Swift out in the open is that you can kind of see all this happening as it happens if you really want to, and you can actually kind of partake in that, which has been very, which has been a very cool thing to kind of see. But let's actually talk about some of the um some of the stuff that is changing. Yeah. So yeah. All the changes that are coming are available on the Swift GitHub page or the Swift Evolution GitHub page. You can go in and see all the pull requests that made the changes and why they made the change and the reasoning behind it or if it was meant to be in a previous version and is now in Swift 3, stuff like that. So I've picked out the ones that seem the most, I don't know, big and out there because there's obviously a lot of minor stuff as well. Yeah. And um, you can, you, you will be able to, by the time, you know, by the time that anybody actually is going through this stuff you will be able to either download the xcode that they they announce what will effectively be tomorrow in the i guess the state of the union that's usually where they talk about yep. the new xcode and otherwise if you have managed to get this episode and listen to it prior to the uh conference you sh- you can still download um new versions of swift um and kind of use them yeah so you can get one of the preview branches and yeah, yeah. So you can and you can run it basically in. Is it, you can just run it in current Echo, right? Like yeah, there's a way to, to launch. The there's a way yeah. to launch with like a custom Swift version, yeah, so basically. Th- there are details about that on the Swift website, which we will put in the show notes. Yes. All right. So let's dive in. So the first big change 
Um, which And it really does make sense because we've kind of wondered about this in the office for a while, is that from now on, all function parameters will have labels unless you request otherwise. So you, like a few things, you can turn them off. Um, and so at first that seems like cool. Wasn't that already the case? But it wasn't. So it was every parameter after the first one used to have a name, but the first parameter was kind of named in the method name. So you had, say, array.indexof and then whatever, an object to find. Yep. Yep. Whereas now that's going to become array.index and then the parameter will have the name of. Yeah, it's kind of like a reversal almost of like the previous kind of method because basically anytime you defined a new method, the first parameter you had to either, if you wanted it so that you had to pass in the parameter name, you had to define that specifically like you had to be very specific yeah yes i want i want to be i I want to have to pass in the parameter name for the first parameter so it's essentially a complete reversal on that because now yeah it's the other way around so it was almost that while you could do it it was kind of against the naming guide to do it and some apis did because the sentence flowed quite nice but a lot of them don't because it's common to put that first parameter in the method name Um, but yeah so that's that's changing all of foundation and stuff will respect this uh, i'm not sure how much is so they've mentioned that the swift i'm not sure if you'd say compiler or importer the bit that gets objective c code yeah can do a lot of this stuff automatically so if you've got an objective c library when it comes into swift now a lot of this will be done automatically and there's attributes you can use in objective c to like fine tweak the renaming mm. but yeah so all this stuff yeah. is is going to happen okay um and to go with this change the next one is very similar. So the next big change is there's a big push to omit needless words. And that's a quote. That's the name of the push. So it, Objective-C in general, right? Or Coco in general has a lot. It's very verbose, right? Yeah. You can read yeah. it. And a lot of people put this as one of its strengths. So I was quite surprised by this one. So some of them seem really obvious, like, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Why haven't we done this sooner? And then others are like, yeah. ooh, ooh, that is a change. So I'll start with some of the ones that seem really obvious. And we'll kind of get progressively more, oh, okay, I'm surprised. So the first one is, let's say you wanted one of the predefined static colors. So you would go uicolor.red color. Yep. That's becoming uicolor.red. Okay. Makes sense. Like, it's like, I can see why we've done that. Like, yep, that makes sense. Static types, we don't need to say color. It's definitely a color. Another one is you had array.min element to find the smallest element in your array. Yep. That's just becoming .min. Right. Again, yep. I was like, yeah, cool. makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right, so here we go. We're going to get a bit more into it now. So probably one of the most verbose APIs was the API for dealing with strings, or I guess NSString as well. Yeah, NSString is like you have so many methods that are just like entire friggin' paragraphs of text. Yeah, and they use the word string about four times. Yeah. <laughs> string by appending, like, repli- by replacing occurrences of string In with string. string. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got our, our string, hello world, uh, yep. and let's say it's got some white space surrounding it, like we've imported this from some... Space, space, space. ...dodgy, like, text file or something, and we're, you know, cleaning it up a bit. Oof. Yep. Um, yep. So previously we would go... String by trimming characters and set, and then we'd give it ns character set dot white space and new line character set, right? Right. You can see how there are a lot of words there. And there's a lot of repeated words because you're talking about repeating like 
you're talking about trimming the characters in a set and then you're specifying that you're passing in a set and yep. apparently you can not pass the class yeah, part so, in already. So we already have, you can already cut the NS character set dot bit. Yep. So it knows yep. it's expecting an NS character set. So um, you can just go dot white space and new line character set. I think yeah. that's Swift 2. Yeah, but if... If you weren't using, like, if you weren't using, if you were doing that, you'd passing in character set effectively three times. Like you're talking, yeah, you're specifying that three times, which is a giant pain. All right, so it's becoming whatever your string is. Yep. Dot trimming characters, and then the parameter name is in, which is the set, and then yeah, the set is also renamed just white space and new lines. So like color, like the word color was dropped yep. in red color the words character set are dropped in character sets. So the, obviously the character set bit, like the white space and new lines, is uh, that's reasonable. I can I can get behind that. That seems relatively similar to red color or whatever. Yep. Uh, trimming characters? Yeah, feels... so no more string by. So yeah. the, the whole point is, right, the compiler will warn you if you're getting back a type you're not expecting, so you shouldn't need to specify, a type. specify the type in the method name. Whether you get on board with this, who knows? Yeah. You can't be forced to. The only real question that I have is like by specifying string by, you're kind of saying I'm gonna get a new string out of this. Like this, we're gonna we're gonna turn. We're not gonna like modify the existing string. We're going to get it like a. We're gonna get a new string that has you know that's like that's had the characters trimmed. Yep. Okay. So there are changes to that coming as well, and I've got that in a later point. Okay. Okay. All right. So that one seems to have freaked you out just a little bit. Yeah. I I think I can. Go even worse. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh god! Okay, so I've got one here. Prepare for segue. So it yep. used to be um, prepare for segue, and then you pass in the segue and a sender. Yep. That is becoming prepare because the first parameter name is now for segue. But Wait, when you just see for it, segue? The, so the parameter name, the first parameter name is for segue. Yeah. And the method is just called prepare. That is weird. I guess I mean I guess that kind of makes sense. I my brain is trying to follow the logic there. I'm a little wigged out by four segue. Like is that the whole like is it's actually four space segue, according to what I found anyway. So does that mean so that confuses me because like why do we need the segue bit? Or is the segue maybe like the per, like well, the parameter name once we get inside? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like it seems like at least how I'm understanding it. We should be dropping the word segue there. It should be yeah. prepare for. Yeah, good point. Let's uh, submit a petition. <laughs> this, well, well, maybe this also that's the might way be that... out of date now. Like, that by might the be time the way this they... is released, they might because when you define out. a method like that, when you like looking at the way that this is written out, right? Uh, you've got prepare and open the brackets, and then for space segue colon, and then the type, which is obviously UI storyboard segue. Mm. When you define a method that way, that is defining. So four is kind of like the method, the the parameter name for when you like call the method. Yeah. And segue it would be the name of the parameter once you get inside, like when you're defining the method. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe it is. Maybe when you call it, it is actually prepare for in that you know new syntax way. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think you're probably right. I always forget how that works. But I mean, I can I can get behind that. That makes that makes some amount of sense to me. So here's the most out there one that I found, and this one was like, whoa, that you, okay. that's barely barely recognizable as the same thing. Okay. So we have dismiss view controller animated, 
which then takes a Boolean for animated or not and a completion block, right? Yep. That is just becoming dismiss with a parameter name animated and the completion block the same. So we lost the... Uh, okay. We lost view controller. Because I guess it is a method on view controller. So you would go view controller dot dismiss. That's where it gets okay, but just reading it. The, the one thing that kind of... I mean, dismiss view controller is a weird kind of crazy method anyway because it doesn't necessarily like you can pass that onto almost any view controller in the stack depending on where you are and it will like it's always going to dismiss this one particular view controller yeah i agree that is a weird one i mean it's a weird method in any way so that so this kind of just makes it even weirder (laughs) yeah yes yeah it's going to be really difficult. I think the the hardest part of dealing with all this the, this stuff is when you're trying to like write your code and you're looking at the auto, you know, the the autocomplete of your various method names and stuff like that. And it's uh, you, you can't, you, you won't be able to see the one that you're looking for because you're looking for like dismiss view controller. Hey, that's a good point. I wonder how like delegate methods are going to change. So I haven't found that in my notes, but often I will like when I'm doing a table view, I'll write the word table view and then pick from the delegate method I'm looking for. Yeah. How is that going to work? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> so I don't have an answer. Um, another change coming is for things we used upper camel case for, so enums and some properties. Right. They are going to lower camel case, which is like really baffling me because, or at least I wouldn't say baffling. I mean, it's probably just for consistency, but when you read it, it looks wrong. So the, the really clear one that I found was when you need a CG color. Yeah. You go UI color dot red yeah. dot and then lowercase CG capital C color. That, what? Whoa. Wait, what? C- lowercase C, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it just looks like a typo. I guess yeah. it's like Stockholm syndrome. I think that's the right word, right? Like we're so used to it that yeah, we're like, so used this to it is the just... correct way. And they're like, no, yeah. it's inconsistent. We're switching yep. it. And it's like, because you've been kidnapped by a parameter name. Yeah. Uh yeah that's that's weird and I I think it like also weird is the enums thing because I'm so used to like thinking of like an enum value is different like an enum case is different to a property so therefore like it it's nice to have that kind of distinction of it starts with a capital letter yeah or it doesn't start with a capital letter but if everything's oh oh I know. gosh that's weird you know what else this means what URL is going lowercase ah <laughs> what. <laughs> So I only found like one example of this, but so the the class name will still be capital U R L. Yeah. But when well, you class go names in, don't seem to be changing. Yeah. So but when you go and like use a parameter or whatever, it's so you can go dot oh, how does it work? Like absolute URL or something? Anyway, yeah, yeah. URL at some point is is lowercase now, and I was like, ah <laughs> I can't well, read this. Sometimes when you have like, you know, if you're using like an NS URL request, you have a property called URL on that to get the URL that you're requesting things yeah. from. That would be lowercase now. But does that mean that like absolute URL is like lowercase absolute uppercase U, lowercase RL? I'm not sure, but I think so. That's crazy. That is crazy. All right. Uh, let's move on from this one because yeah, it's, it's kind of like blowing my mind. But the next one I really like. So we'll go to, let's get to something positive. Yep. So um, they've improved the importing of C functions now as well. So previously we had um, like Objective-C was kind of Swiftified as it came in. 
And then yep. they wrote a whole pile of wrappers around C functions. Like we got some nice stuff with CG Rect and all of that. Like yep. they were done as extensions. Um, now they've gone even further. So C library authors can use attributes to specify how they want their functions imported, which is like right. cool, but I never use C functions. Um, but there's a really major one which has gotten so much easier to use, which is all of the core graphics APIs. Yeah, because that's all basically just C. Yeah, so previously you would like get your current context and store that in a variable. Yeah. And then every method that did something to that context took the context as its first parameter. So you would have things like CG context, set fill color with color, yep. and then you would pass in the context and the color you wanted. Yep. That's just becoming context.fillColor, and then you pass in the color. Like much more what you'd expect if you were going to rewrite core graphics in Objective-C or Swift. This would be yeah. how you would do it, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds it, that definitely sounds more more Swifty. Definitely more Swifty. Less less C C C E C. <laughs> less like less kind of C API style and more kind of Swift style, and even a little bit more kind of more Objective-C style, I guess. Yeah. Um. Another part of this, although I'm not sure if it's technically the same pull request on Swift Evolution. Um, but it's kind of in the same vein, is yep. Grand Central Dispatch is being Swiftified. So if anyone's ever used, well, like most people who's working in Swift have probably used Grand Central Dispatch. The API, because it's C-based, is it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Try and write a dispatch after from your head. It's a nightmare of type <laughs> casting. And I tried to do it yesterday. I couldn't do it. I had to look it up. I tried to do a, a dispatch async yesterday from my head uh, without any access to like documentation or anything. And I got as far as obviously writing, like I, I was fine writing the dispatch async bit, but once I had to like define the queue that I was trying to dispatch to, yeah, I couldn't remember anything. Yeah, the, the one that gets me on dispatch after is defining the time. Like, that's so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's like a dispatch, like it's a special, like, yeah, it's a, a cl- like a class thing that like time for the time. Yeah, and then you, you have got to times it by n sec per whatever's, and that's a different type again, which is an int. Oh. So you got to watch out that your float, because if you're trying to do like I don't know one point five, you got to watch out that your float's not going to round. And yeah, it was like three casts to get it to do what I wanted. Yeah. Oh God. That's so anyway, crazy. that's that's being fixed in Swift three, which is like woohoo. Nice. That's good. All right, so the next one goes back to the one you mentioned previously, which is the naming around verbs and nouns is kind of changing with mutating and non-mutating functions. Yep. And this is like a straight-up gotcha because it's actually going to change the behavior of some of the existing methods, which I'm not sure. Oh, actually, the compiler will pick it up if you've been using them right. But basically, the current, when you go like array.sort, the current version would return a sorted array. Right. Yep. So it would be non-mutating. And then you have sort in place if you want to mutate the array. Right. That is going the other way. So now dot sort will be the mutating version and the non-mutating version, so the one that returns something, yep. is sorted. Right. So the, they have a sentence to explain when to use each one. I think you need a degree in English to understand it because I don't really. But I'm going to read it out anyway. Yeah. When the operation is naturally described by a verb, use the verb's imperative for the mutating method and apply the ed or ing suffix to the name its non-mutating counterpart. I think there's missing in there. Okay. I think there's an of missing in there. But yeah, so that makes no sense to me until I see an example and then I kind of get it. So, okay, so like basically it means that uh, the if you go real, if you go like 
you know, the English that I learned in school, if I can even remember that far back. Yep. So the verb for for doing non mutating wait, no, the verb for mutating things is like present. Yeah. Yeah, present, I agree. Like so like verb. if you're just straight up using the verb. <clears throat> yep. So like the doing word, sort. Yeah. Um, that's the mutating one now. Yeah. So if you think about it like this, like I have I I I'm going to sort this, like, I, I will sort this array. Like, it's yep. kind of like, I that that's what you're, uh, you're doing or you're going to, like, you're going to do with this method. Yeah, and so, it does it on the actual one you're kind of pointing at. So you've got yep. the things in front of you and you're like, I'm going to sort this. It's yep. not like you make a copy and sort it. It's you sort it. Yep. So, and then if you're going to not, if you're not going to mutate it, then it's like, I, I'm creating a sorted array. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense when you kind of break it down, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it kind of does. I mean, it's not, it's one of those things, like, it's a really, like, that's a very, very specific kind of English difference, which I worry about. That kind of makes makes it a bit more difficult for people that don't, you know, that English is not their first language. Yeah, because sort in place was kind of way more obvious what it did. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I kind of worry about that, actually. Yeah, I'm. I think... If they'd done it from the start, maybe it would have been like, yeah, makes sense. But because they've now switched the behavior of sort, yeah, that's like really hard to grasp, I guess. And so luckily, I guess the compiler will pick this up because suddenly a method that was returning something won't return anything. And then yeah. it'll be like, there's nothing here to assign. What are you doing? So at least they'll error. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that that's like, they could not have done this without like without some sort of compiler warning because there there is no yeah there's there's no way that that would that would have been a good idea for you know people that don't speak english otherwise yeah okay so we've covered verbs changing um nouns are also changing oh god yeah i know <laughs> so don't worry i'll just use the sentence they used to describe it and everything will become clear okay good good yep ready i'm ready when the operation is naturally described by a noun, use the noun for the non-mutating method and apply the form prefix to the name of its mutating counterpart. That one actually makes more sense, I think. Yeah, okay. Right. So So an example here yeah, okay. is the, the set API, like the NS set API. Yep. So if you want to return, say, the union between two sets, you would just use the word union, which is the non-mutating version. So X equals Y dot union with Z. That makes sense. And if you want to mutate Y, you would use Y dot form union Z. So it's like form union with Z. It makes sense. Would, it reads yeah. well. This one is like, I think, pretty obvious. Yeah, that, that makes a little bit more sense because it, I mean, it's not just like by changing the, the one word, you're actually kind of creating a little sentence that makes a bit more So that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. I'm okay with that one. I'm good with that one. Not so good with the verb one. I'm still not sold on that, but I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a choice in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not I, really. I guess the time yeah. to argue these things has been and gone. Like we yeah, could have argued kind of if we'd been following along with Swiss devo- Swift Evolution. Yeah. I'm sure most of my points already have come up and been dismissed, so that's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll just, I'll just have to live with it. Okay. So Swift 3, they are aiming for it to be the last of these, I guess, big source breaking changes yeah so they're not guaranteeing there won't be any in the future because there will be um but they're going to consider them like on a case-by-case basis much more carefully yeah so whereas currently you can basically submit a proposal and break syntax and they're like 
yeah, cool, that's totally for the better, no worries. Whereas from now on, they want that to be less common. Yeah, okay. Which is good. That is good. So a lot of people who have been, like, I guess, waiting to adopt Swift because they hate having to constantly change their code to keep up to date, that reason is hopefully getting better. So you might consider adopting it now. Yeah, well, I mean, if if they're going to, if they're not going to be taking on, you know, breaking changes quite so readily, it's not it's not really that much different anymore to, or it won't be that much different to working with Objective C, which still like sometimes things will change and break like we got you know but uh, as a general rule it's uh it's pretty solid and pretty consistent yeah and the reason that's okay in objective c is because of the abi stability um right and the big news is that swift 3 won't as previously announced have a stable abi which is the other big reason that a lot of people aren't jumping in yeah so this the abi stability has to do with like uh, the ability to effectively, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because you you will be able to describe this far more uh, far more succinctly than I can. Uh, the ABI stability refers to basically if you have a binary, like a built version of, say, like a plugin or something, mm. and you built it with, say, I don't know, Swift 2.2, yep. and your app uses Swift 3. If there was stable ABI compatibility, that would be fine. Yes, that's true. So, well, that's correct. What it what it basically is, is you've got Swift, right? Where you yep. type in your code and it has a p- particular syntax. Yep. And then you hit compile yep. and it's compiled down to something. Yep. That's the bit that needs to be stable. So if... Right. So in Objective-C, what happens is even though Objective-C might change, the thing that it gets compiled down to, like the instructions and stuff, the the layout of the underlying structures is the same. So you compiled with different versions of Objective-C, but they kind of ended up at the same in the same format. Whereas that's not true for Swift at the moment. So a binary compiled on Swift 3 can't talk to a binary compiled on Swift 2.2, which means framework developers have to keep releasing versions of their frameworks for every version of Swift or at least every version they choose to support, which is normally 2.2 and then a preview branch for the next coming version. Yep. Yeah, and it also means that the Swift binaries have to be packaged in with your app when you submit to the App Store. So you can still build your entire project on an old version of Swift and to handle that situation, they put the Swift runtime into your app. Yep. Um. Which, by the way, a lot of people say how big that file is, and it's because when you compile on your computer, you get a version of the Swift runtime basically for every architecture, so every processor processor that Apple has. Yep. And that file ends up being about 40 megabytes, which is what people go... Like when you put your build up on hockey or whatever, the download is like 60 meg for basically a new project. Yeah. And so people go, wow, that's crazy. Like that's a reason not to use Swift right there. I can't get my app below like 50 megabytes. Um, it's not actually true. So what happens is when you put your app onto the App Store, thanks to all those optimizations they've made, it actually ends up only being an increase of about five megabytes for the user. Right. Because they only get the one that is relevant to them. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. And the thing, the, thing is about, the, the thing about that stuff is that, like, yeah, we saw all these kind of changes with the, the Bitcoin and more kind of, uh, uh, more kind of prevalent, like the uh, app slicing slicing yep. yes slicing which is what this stuff is basically all this stuff is basically part of and i mean 
in all honesty, like you look if you look at quite a majority of the big players, um, quite a lot of those, uh, like you know, Facebook's app or Twitter's app, they're enormous. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think like you know, if you can't get your app below fifty megabytes, I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be okay. Yeah. That's right. It's not a big like, deal these days. Like, you, it's not like people won't be able to download your app on cellular if you don't have it. It's uh, that's those days are gone, uh, more or less. Yeah, and just remember, your end user won't be downloading fifty meg. It's probably oh, only yeah, yeah, ten meg or something. Yeah, the, and there is there is a part in uh, like in test flight that will basically break that, like give you an, an an estimate of all the different kind of download sizes for all the different uh, builds that it ha- will be able to that people will be downloading. Yeah. So the Swift team, you've probably, or a lot of people are wondering what happened. Like why was it promised and then not delivered? Um, and they've, they've claimed they just haven't nailed it down yet. They want to get it right. And they've pointed to previous mistakes in the Objective-C ABI that were due to time pressures and everyone agrees are a bad thing. Yeah. So the classic gotcha in Objective-C is that bool, the type boolean, is a character instead of like a real boolean that can only be zero or one. And you might be asked, why does that matter? It stops you from being able to go, like say you've got a condition for found, you've done a search. Yep. You can't in Objective-C safely write if found equal equals false. Right. Because it's defined as false is zero. Like it's a constant, it is zero. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? True. Hang on, let me think about this. Yeah, so in Objective-C, you shouldn't, exactly declare your booleans to be equal equal to true or false because true is anything non-zero whereas like the, that's how you understand it whereas the constant yeah. true is defined as a constant one so your your fancy seer algorithm may have output true as 10 and now you've gone yeah. whatever my condition is equal equals true which means equal equals one and 10 is not equal to one and the compiler should stop you from being able to do that, but it can't. Yeah. And that is because they w- they've made this mistake in the ABI where bool is actually a character, which means you can store 256, yeah, up to 256 in it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So they're, they're, they've pointed to that as the mistakes they're trying to avoid. They don't want that going forward because once you've locked it down, that's it. It's done. Yeah. Fair enough. I I'm I mean I'm I'm okay with this like it, I mean it's something that we we were kind of ex- sure we were expecting it and that sort of thing but. I'd rather get. I'd I'd rather them, you know, take a little bit of extra time to get that right. Yeah, and for me, it's really not that big a deal. Um, and they've said it will either come in three point one or four. So they haven't actually announced when it's coming again yet. Probably four. Yeah, I mean, I I, I dare say it will be four. That sounds that sounds more reasonable than you know adding it to a minor release. It just it makes more sense. Yeah. All right. So another one. So we're into kind of like the really minor stuff now that I just picked out. Uh, the stuff that was deprecated in 2.2, which is C style for loops and plus plus minus minus. And I'm sure there's other things as well. They're all just going now. So you got a yep. warning in Swift 2.2 saying this will be disappearing. Now it's disappearing. Yeah. I mean, I got rid of all mine because of the warning. I yeah. don't like warnings. Oh, warnings. Of course, I'd say most people did. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, that that's cool. I'm, yeah, I'm down with that. Obviously that was going away. That's been going away for a while. It's not really that big a, it's not really that yeah, it's not big really a surprise. Used. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another, I guess, really minor one, but if you've run into it, it was a bit confusing why it didn't work. There's now going to be a lazy flat map for optionals. So if you don't know what that exactly means, basically, say you've written some like really fancy one-liner where you've gone like map, filter, reduce, filter, like, you know, some huge thing. Right. And it's quite performance, you know, constrained. Like it's pretty slow to run on a big array. Yep. 
You can declare it using the lazy versions of all of those those fancy functions. And what okay. that does is it kind of goes in reverse. So at the end, when you go like my fancy array number two, it goes backwards, like trying to get whatever the second one would be. And so it's a bit it's a bit more performant. It calculates on demand rather than calculating the whole thing and storing it. Hmm. Um, and so this is this has been available unless you had a flat map with optionals in in your chain of functions. Yeah. So like all of them were implemented. Like you've got a lazy map, a lazy reduce, a lazy filter. A lazy flat map that didn't include optionals, that's in there. But if you've flat mapped an optional, it stopped being lazy. Right. So they've, they've made a lazy flat map for optionals now, which is cool. like cool. Because, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, we were staring at this thing going, why doesn't this work? Like, it should be lazy and it comes out not lazy. And, yeah, that, that's what it was. Okay. That makes sense. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Good. 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 Yep, good. And also... Swift 3 will be the first release to support the Swift package manager we've heard so much about. Oh, oh, interesting. Yes. Pretty cool. So this should be the start of uh, Swift on the server and things like that. I'm very but excited still, about But still not much info about that. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that once it's out there, there will be like way more stuff on this and how to adopt it. It will mean yeah. you have to support Swift 3, which will mean we probably have to wait till October or something to, to use it. Yeah, well, it won't be. Re- it won't be like Swift three won't be released this week. Like, it's not going to be released yeah. as part of Dub Dub, but it will be like we'll pro- they'll talk about it, and then it will get released around the same time, probably as like the new iPhone and new iOS and all that sort of stuff kind of comes out. Yeah, so probably like October ish. So if you've got yeah. an app that has to come out before October, you probably can't use any of this stuff yet. But if you've got one that you know for sure is coming out after October, lucky yeah. you use all this like, new stuff. I mean, it's the sort of thing where if you're if you're doing an up, like working on an update where you are adding like you're, you're wanting to support the new features uh, that come out in I guess iOS ten or Mac OS whatever yeah whatever it's going to be <laughs> then it's the sort of thing where you're going to like you can start using that stuff because you're going if you're you're not going to be able to release new like new features like those new features until after the uh, after iOS drops and like the new iOS drops anyway so you might as well start writing them in Swift 3 I guess yeah 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 so that's all the Swift 3 changes that I like picked out of the huge list um if there's any we missed, please do let us know because I'm very interested in them all. What about Foundation? Foundation is in Swift 3, right? The new Swifty, Swifty Foundation. Yes. Okay, true. So I forgot to mention that. Uh, that is true. The, that's the like f- the most important change. Yeah, because that, that's that kind of like for. what makes Swift on Linux or any other platform possible, right? Which is the whole Swift on the server thing. So yeah. The- <laughs> well, it's nice. Yeah, it makes it a lot nicer. I wouldn't say it makes it possible. You certainly can do a lot of things on the server without it, but yeah, Foundation adds things like NSURL and uh, NS, uh, you know, NSURL sessions. Yeah, and a lot of that right. stuff kind of makes it a lot nicer to write stuff for the server, uh, you know, f- for servers rather than having to like go to like third-party libraries and all that sort of stuff to just do simple things like deal with you nsurls so yeah i'm I, that that's the bit that i'm waiting for to be able to do actually do things on the server with with uh, swift yeah that's exciting yeah yep i'm very excited it's this week is i mean this week is going to be crazy uh crazy awesome crazy awesome radar 
Yeah, radar. <laughs> if we're getting a new radar, that's your. I, I, I'm, I'm just like this is the year of radar. I don't, I don't even care. I don't even care about any y'all. I just, I just want my radar. <laughs> I'm still hoping for that new cinema display. I know the rumor kind of came and then went again. Yeah, I'm still yeah. holding out hope. Holding out hope. It's okay. If uh, I'll, you know, just, just, just let out, let out your, your, your struggles. Uh, it's going to be a crazy week. I look forward to. I'm looking forward to like seeing everybody and uh, talking to people and learning new things. It's going to be great. If you'd like to talk to us about this stuff, about all of the changes in Swift, if you'd like to uh, tell us about your favorite, uh, or if Ben missed something that you think is very, very, very uh, important, then uh, you can get in touch with us uh, by email, or if you want to read about the Swift changes, we'll probably try and add a few things to the show notes to kind of point you in the right direction. All of that sort of stuff is on our website, and uh, our website is mobilecouch.co. If you'd like to talk to us individually, and you're not at dub dub or if you are at dub dub and you want to talk to us individually uh and haven't been able to track us down then you can find us on twitter we'll be on twitter we are on twitter all the time daily 24 hours a day i don't know (laughs) ben is ben trengrove b-e-n-t-r-e-n-g-r-o-v-e and i am jelly bean soup and that's it thank you for listening thank you for supporting the show uh especially the patrons patrons are amazing uh, we look forward to talking to you again in two more weeks' time uh, with probably changes and stuff and new stuff from DubDub. It's going to be amazing. And until then, goodbye. Bye.